Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the DeSerto Talk Show. I'm the host, Richard Lewis, for season two. And with me, we have an OG, one of the true OGs of esports. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, not just old, uh, definitely uh, somebody that has laid the foundations. I was saying this a lot when we had Sir Scoots on the show last week. This is Sundance Di Giovanni. I'm sure some of you new guys don't know who he is. This is Mr. MLG. Uh, to you guys, uh, and lots of other things besides. Um, and now, uh, which is why we're talking, uh, recently unemployed, I believe. Uh, you are now, for the first two, time... Day two. Day two. Yeah, yeah, for the first day time in a while. No projects. Oh, I'm sure you do have projects, but top secret projects. <laughs> um, so let's, let's talk about it, man. I, I, like, I want to get straight into it. I'm as curious as probably as a lot of the viewers are. Um, so just to get it straight, you were obviously still at MLG. You know, you're one of, one of the founders and everything else of that great company that's contributed so much to esports. Uh, you then become acquired by Activision Blizzard, a huge media uh, conglomerate, gaming conglomerate, whatever. 9,000 employees, big company, crazy, yeah. like crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you're yeah. just, you know, you go from being a figurehead, a public figure, and a very much an autonomous guy to being part of this huge media gaming machinery. And then we don't see a lot of you, honestly. I mean, both literally, if you're like me, somebody who would see you at events and, and, and grab you for a beer, or figuratively, if you're just a fan of, of esports. There are a lot of people thinking that you pay out and you weren't working, you were off skiing somewhere all the time. So I'm curious <laughs> as to what actually happened to you during this period of time when the acquisition occurred. So, I, well, I mean, look, the first thing I want to say is that um, I love and respect the, the team that we had, that we built with MLG, people like Adam, um, you know, people, the, the crew in Ohio, the, the folks in New York who, who are, run the content stuff, they believed in what I believed in. Um, at a very early point in their life when there was no security. Mm -hmm. um, and what happened is, is we sold the business. We sold the company, right? And we sold it in a couple of chunks. We sold half of it to Activision and another part to Warner Brothers, which wasn't reported about as much. But mm -hmm. um, And in doing that, you give up control, right? It's no longer yours. It's no longer, uh, you're not in control of making sure that it's run the way that you want it to be run. and um, you know, look, I, I love everybody that was a part of the acquisition, uh, Activision Blizzard did really well by me and my family and, you know, um, but a lot of things have changed in the last, you know, couple of months. I mean, Mike Morheim is no longer at Blizzard and he founded that company and was insanely passionate about it. And he was, you know, one of the people that I aspired to be like in the gaming space. And so, um, they essentially... You know, they brought some folks in who um, wanted to chart their own path. And I wasn't part of that script. You know, I wasn't someone who I think they were comfortable with being front and center. Um, and so for the last, like, you know, let's say 24 months or so, or um, I've basically been a professional skier. I've been paid to ski and, and, and I've been driving my wife nuts and bothering my kids by being home too much. But that's what happens when you sell your company, you know, like you have to understand that it's, it's no longer yours to run. It's, you know, up to you to try and contribute, which I still do and which I still wanted to. And I, I have wanted to this whole time. 
and hopefully I have. Um, but part of it was they didn't want me front and center, you know, as like as the guy, quote unquote. Because um, you know me and I mean Richard, <laughs> yeah, I, I love being on stage, <laughs> and, oh, yeah. you know, and waving everybody. You know that. Um, but they didn't want that, and okay, that's fine. That's up to them at that point. Once you once you give up, you know, your your company. Once you sell your company, that that comes along with it sometimes. But um, but to be honest with you, uh, that's you know that's something that uh, a lot of people that I know have um, kind of gone through post acquisition. You know, it's in our space or outside of our space, and. And, it, and it's, it's, it's a growing process, to be honest, because it allows you to say, okay, this chapter is over. Like, so what's the next chapter? Um, the part of it that was um, the big struggle for me, I think, was just how long it was. <laughs> like, right. For two years, I've essentially been like, literally for two years, I've been like, hey, babe, what's, what's going on, honey? Um, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> so I'm really excited that I have a meeting at, at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning <laughs> to talk about something you know, with somebody, a, a business I'm trying to start because it, I've not been allowed to for two years. Well, let's talk a little bit about sort of transitioning into uh, being hands off and, and, and how difficult that can be. Because I think there's a perception that some of the people that were part of MLG, a lot of the MLG stalwarts and old guard, were getting a little bit frustrated with uh, perhaps I would say the bill of sale, like what they were told. Uh, was going to happen uh, when they were folded into Activision Blizzard. You know, I think Madame Apicella quite famously saying, there's nothing preventing us uh, hosting yet another Counter-Strike event, which obviously everybody wanted after two very successful Counter-Strike events. Uh, and then, of course, it never happened. And, and I think it was intimated that actually that was a lie, that there were forces that were preventing him from from hosting cs events so was the sale for you like did you did you get frustrated was it was it something that you quickly realized the money's great and everything but actually it wasn't what i thought it was going to be well i mean i mean for me it, it was it was a real Look, I, it, no matter how much we struggled when we were independent as MLG, we always tried to operate based on some very core principles. And Adam Apicella represents those principles greater than even I do, to be honest, right? He is 100%. Um, he is so passionate and, and, and so committed to doing the right thing. And then after the sale, what we were kind of the, the – <laughs> The thing that we were told did not come to bear, right? Which is you can continue to do what you're going to be doing and be more resources. And I understand that. I understand it because as a business, um, to be the largest producer of uh, video games, independent producer of video games on the planet, you got to focus on your own IP. I get that. But what we were initially kind of told didn't come to bear. And, and that's not on, that, that's not to say that they were just truthful or anything. That, that, that is just to say that what it came to bear was like, we have to focus on uh, this business. Mm -hmm. What also came to bear though, was that we were not as involved in execution of Overwatch League as we wanted to be. We were not um, viewed as resources for the biggest you know, franchise league on the planet. Um, you know, LCS, maybe you could argue it's bigger, but 
we we were kind of like we were not how do you say I, I, I we just weren't pulled into it and, and, and in a way where it was meaningful and now Nate has done an amazing job and I have a tremendous amount of respect for what they've done but however had things been a little bit different um, we could have really contributed to that in a, in a much more meaningful way and so that was frustrating as well um, and I'll tell you this right now, I swear to God, Adam and I are doing another Counter-Strike event. <laughs> We're going to do another major. <laughs> I, I guarantee fucking tee it. It will happen um, because that is, that is something that we are incredibly proud of. I, I still view that as our greatest event. People not believing in us, people not thinking we could do it. Um, getting scoots on the desk <laughs> to, like, to say thank you. You, like, like the whole thing, like we, we put so much into that because that was kind of, in a way, a swan song to what old MLG was, if that makes sense, yeah. right? Where we were just trying to pay homage to one of the greatest games in our space um, in a, a really, you know, um, impactful way in Adam's backyard, mm-hmm. you know, in Columbus. Um, so uh, I think I can eventually, I, I might get in trouble for saying this, but yeah, no, he and I, we're going to do it on the end. It'll, it'll happen. I, I really do believe it will. Um, let's talk then about about the sort of uh, Overwatch thing because you alluded to it. I, I've I've got a little spider diagram or whatever you call it of where I was going to go in the interview, but uh, we can jump ahead. This is this is a good point to do it. So uh, one of the things that I heard, uh, and, and I think it was you know you know me, a lot of people tell me stuff uh, about what's going on. Oh, behind oh I know everybody tells me stuff. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, it's useful. It's useful. Um, it's good to know. Uh, but uh, yeah, they were saying that uh, actually you guys had expected to be involved in the production of the Overwatch League, which of course would make total sense when Activision Blizzard acquired you, framed that they weren't they were acquiring a production company as well as a TV platform and everything else. It was meant to be a holistic solution potentially to several problems. The first, lack of expertise for producing esports events. You buy MLG, suddenly you've got that. You've got it in spades. Uh, also as well, what a great way to be able to flex to Twitch and say, if you don't give us what we think we're due for broadcasting rights, we've got our own platform. We'll test you. Uh, so there were a lot of uh, good reasons for Activision Blizzard to acquire MLG. Uh, but then what I was told, in reality, they started using people that were from Activision Blizzard Endemic, people who were from TV, and they started producing the thing that you guys thought you would be a shoe-in to do. And this led to a lot of friction, a lot of, uh, a lot of conflict between the two groups because uh, on the... Yeah, sorry, go on. Jump in. No, no. So I, I mean, I, I hear you. I don't know that there was a lot of friction. It's just that, look, when you're when you're capable and proud, right, mm-hmm. and, and and you know how to do what you do, right, and you believe that you are the best in the world, right. Which mm-hmm. is, I will say that m- m- my production people, well, not mine anymore. <laughs> now that I'm unemployed, but the people who we hired, the people who we have, uh, who are a part of our core team, I'll put them up against anybody. You know what I mean? Like. I think us in ESL and, you know, and, and maybe there's one or two other companies that I would put in the same category, but we put on a good show, man. Right. Like mm. you, you've worked with us. You've seen how we work. Absolutely. You've been there on the desk. Mm. Right. We, we take this shit seriously. Like we respect it. And so, yeah, of course, 
when when Bobby goes out and says we're going to create the biggest, you know, uh, and, and most funded and you know, uh, franchise-based league in the world, of course we all want to be a part of that. We all want to have a. We want to have. We want to be, contribute. We don't want to run it necessarily. We don't. We don't want to be in charge necessarily. But we think that we know a little bit about the space, and so it was difficult for for for. I'm not going to say for anybody else. It was difficult for me to not be at the table and to have a conversation about how we should frame this out and how we should create this content and how we should take this out to people and how we should get the community excited. It was because I'm that I'm that guy. I'm I'm sorry. And I will always be that guy. Um, but I think they have done a great job. I I, I really think they have. Um, but I also say this um, uh, after my you know, revealing of the fact that I'm no longer an Activision Blizzard, seven of the teams that are in the league have asked me if I will advise them, if I will right. join up and help them, right? So I think I know a little bit about this. I, 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 at least I hope I do. And I'm, my emotional desire to be active and involved, I mean, how, how can you not when you, I've spent 15 years yeah. Uh, well, more than that at this point, Jesus. Uh, 17 years at this point. I'm fucking old, just like you. Uh, I spent a lot of time like saying, hey, guys, like we can do this. And you know what? The, the crazy thing is, is I look to my left and I look to my right and I see people who are, um, took a chance and believed in it who want to do the same thing, who just, just want to continue to build and want to continue to be a part of it. And so, of course, it wasn't necessarily that it was a situation of friction. It was just, it was like, okay, so why are we here? Why are we, like, if you're not going to use us, why are we here? It was how I felt, at yeah. least. Yeah. Um, I can't, I don't want to speak for anybody else. I, I don't, I don't want to, but, um, but that, that's, that's literally to be told that I don't need to, I don't have an office and you, I don't have to come in, you know, for two years. I'm like okay, so I'm um, gonna want you build this thing, and not like, I'm gonna sit here and rock back and forth in my chair and be like, hey guys, uh, do you think about this? Do you think about that? Do you think about, you know, that I can't help it. I can't help it, and I I, I want to be very clear. I'm I, I don't regret the the acquisition in the slightest, but what I wish is that I, I that we had had a chance as MLG as an entity to continue to exist and thrive and contribute because. Uh, you know, that, that brand and that company and those people mean a lot to me. And, you know, we, we have not um, been utilized in the way that I thought we would have, I guess is, is the best way to say it without potentially getting in trouble. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> what about Overwatch uh, uh, overall? Because, I mean, you're, you're a, a guy I think has very uh, uh, a clear vision about where esports was headed. And what the advantages of esports uh, compared to mainstream sports is, how you know the areas we can connect with audiences that that still don't happen to this day in mainstream sports. And I think one of your well, like whenever MLG has been embroiled in a controversy, which isn't often, it's always come from perhaps being a little bit too ahead of where things are going to go you know i think of pay-per-view for example i think of uh tv right exclusivity and people go oh it's mlg you know they don't understand where we are and blah blah and then of course 18 months two years down the road everyone does what you guys were trying to bring anyway right uh you just take all the shit for it 
So Overwatch, <laughs> the Overwatch League to me seems like a very, um, I know, almost antithetical to a lot of the ideas that MLG had. Uh, so first of all, the idea of like regionality, um, and, and, and you know, having these city-specific teams. Uh, second of all, in terms of the way that it uh, presents itself, it seems to be a little less, how shall we say, adult than some of the other games um, that you guys are known for doing and the way yeah. that you handle a broadcast, for example. Um, and on, on top of that, I, I think it's probably fair to say as well, it, it, it's a game that has a lot of moving parts, a lot of complexities uh, that honestly isn't like anything you guys have ever broadcast prior no. to it. So... Um, how how did you think about you know oh, the Overwatch League while you were there? Was it like, oh God, this is this is bad for so many reasons, and I don't know if MLG would have been a good fit. It had no. fitting for it, or were you excited about it? No, I'm excited about it, and I think I'll be honest with you. I think hmm. it look the, the 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 thing about it is is that. Um, you, if, if the easiest game, right, is not always the one that you're going to get behind, right? Overwatch mm. is complex in so many ways, as you mentioned. Mm. Um, but it really resonates, and it does work. Um, I remember when they were like, you know, <laughs> I was like, can we do 4v4? Can we do 5v5? You know, no, right? The, the, the fact is, is that there is a, there is a very deeply seated um, belief and investment in that game both from its community and, and from Blizzard, right? And, and Activision as, as, as a sister company to Blizzard. And Overwatch League will succeed. Like, uh, put me on record. Like, it will okay. succeed. Uh, the teams that were bought in Season 1 are worth more than the, what they were paid for. Mm -hmm. The teams that were bought for Season 2 are also worth more than what they were paid for already. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that from talking to people. Like, this is a question of how do we as a um, community as a culture as as you know as a, as a core group get beyond whether or not league of legends is our favorite game or counter-strike is our favorite game or overwatch is our favorite game and understand that investment on the publisher side is 100 percent required however having people view these assets as actual assets that can grow in value is also important and overwatch league has already proven that um Nate announced uh, just the other day, you know, the, the, the home and away stuff, which is going to happen. And mm. that's going to be really complicated. There's going to be a lot of work to be done, of course. However, it's going to be awesome. And the reason I believe it's going to be awesome is because it's going to remove the pressure from Blizzard to have a studio in Burbank where they host every match, uh, where it's overproduced. Um, I mean, Pucket might need to fly around a little bit more, whatever, <laughs> and, and Monty as well. But but they they will they will get this right because the best minds who are behind esports at Blizzard are 100% focused on this. And Nate is, look, I didn't know Nate a couple of years ago. Nate is a hardworking dude. He really is, and he he cares about this on a level, and and is, and is so focused on it. And it is out there and having these conversations with people and saying to these owners. This is why we need to do this. And, and it, it is a short timeline. It's yeah. not traditional sports, right? You're not going from like, hey, I, I, I bought a baseball team, so I need a baseball stadium. You're going to, I bought an Overwatch franchise. 
what does an Overwatch stadium look like? Um, <laughs> and you know what? They won't all be equal. Yeah. Uh, some people may have matches in movie theaters. I don't know. But the so owners of these teams, to be perfectly honest, the amount of money that they have paid for these teams, it's not a lot to them. It's not. And they're buying it because they're believing in the future and they're investing in something that both you and I and, and most of the people who are going to watch this um, believe in and want to see succeed. So it's important that we understand that. And it doesn't mean that there can only be one. I think League will be fine too. Uh, you know, I think Call of Duty will be, I think there, there will be others. Apex, who knows? Like the, there's room for more than one, right? And it's not a competition. It's just what Bobby did when he went big and wide and loud with this, um, changed the game. It really, it really did. It changed the space. And so what MLG was about for a long, long time was we're going to run the, the best events that we can with the best rules and with the best settings and with the best people. And we're going to try and embrace that independently. But that's why you do that independently. costs a lot of money. It's really hard to do. But when you do that as a publisher and you go and you say, hey, we're going to go and we're going to create $300 million of revenue by selling franchises against this thing that we believe in and we're going to invest in and get people who have more money to invest. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And, and Riot has done that and Blizzard has done that. And I think you'll see other folks do that. I don't know, you know, that Valve will ever do that just because, you know, they're Valve. But that's important. You have to have infrastructure. You have to have the commitment to it. And um, so, yeah, on, on that front, I, I think Bobby, Bobby got, he saw it and got it and ran with it. And, and other folks now are trying to catch up. So are you a big uh, advocate for the franchise model then? And, and, and the reason I ask this specifically is because I remember MLG trying to do something very similar, you know, going all the way back to some of the brands that came out of Halo, you know, in, in, in uh, you know, examples like Final Boss. Uh, these were like brands that you, MLG specifically owned, and could effectively lease, if you like, to to players and other teams, and mm-hmm. and uh, it looked like, like to, for for the world that you guys were headed towards uh, a sort of hermetically sealed franchise league for Call of Duty and perhaps other games, uh, but it never seemed to get that far. And I I do recall there was again community resistance, community pushback. So, do you think the franchise model? is the way to to go for esports or do you think that having an open circuit like we do for example in counter-strike is a much more desirable method i think we need both i i I honestly think we need both i think look there are some games like counter-strike is counter-strike and it's a wonderful thing and you can see a team um come out of nowhere which is founded by players and, and 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 perform well um, however, in order for, and I used to get in trouble with this, uh, but with when the Starcraft two day, like mm. this is a business, right? And I'm sorry, like we all got to pay our rent and, yeah. and we, the players need to get paid and we need, um, you know, we need brands to attach to it. And so it, it, it's very, very hard. Um, it's very, very hard 
when you have the wild, wild west and it's an open event and you don't know what teams are going to be there and someone else has an event the same weekend you have an event, right? And these are things that we don't see as much as we used to when MLG was out uh, independent. But I, I, <laughs> I remember so many conversations with Ralph, like, why would you, why would you schedule over us? Why, you know, and so we're fighting for teams, we're fighting for players, we're fighting, we're fighting to create entertainment for fans, right? Um, and that's what you have when things aren't more formalized. And I think that the, the franchise model, as much as some people are resistant to it, is required for some games. Um, specifically when the publishers and the owners of the IP of, of those games are looking to formalize and create a business around esports. Mm. Uh, that, that that's just that's just the reality and, and 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 yes it's not it's weird because you know nyxl for example no one who plays on that team is from new york guess what lebron james isn't from los angeles <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. not that's not what it's about what it's about is yeah. like you hope to get the best talent you can get to and represent your city and represent your brand and and i think that um that's a good thing and even even in the Overwatch League this year, you know, new teams are doing well. They're, they're, you know, they're establishing themselves very quickly. Um, the teams that didn't do well in season one are doing better. There are storylines and there, there are, there's perspective where you can attach yourself and say, Hey, you know what? Once they open their arena or stadium or whatever the heck it is, you know, I, I'm going to go buy a ticket. I'm going to sit there. I want to be there every Friday. That's, that's important. The other side of it, though, is that I do think that esports and, and gaming in general, especially on the community side, it's important for us to have open events where a kid can hop in a car and drive for eight hours and go to an event and say, um, you know, this is my first event. Oh, and hey, I did well and I got noticed. And these guys now want to play with me online. That's what MLG was always about, was like open access. And mm -hmm. I hope that that continues and I hope that I can somehow continue to contribute to keeping that available to people because um, that's important. I mean, socially, that's important. From a community perspective, that's important across all games. Um, so I don't know, I, I mean, I'm rambling a lot, but like I, I, I care that people understand that one does not remove the other, mm -hmm. right? The franchising and stuff is gonna happen at a business level because Riot needs to show growth Activision Blizzard needs to show growth. EA needs to show growth. Valve, whatever they do, what they do. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Like the thing that is precious to you, the thing that you care about, it's not going to go away. Like it will find a way to exist within that. And so um, I'm really excited about the fact that there is just more opportunity for people to experience and, 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 partake in what we are about um because that's what's important right it, it, what's important is accessibility and 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 the format in which it's accessible that's going to be different for different games and and i can't control it you can't nobody can it's going to come down to whether or not people want to make a business out of it and look i i did i spent you know a, a half of my life trying to convince people that esports was a thing and fortunately enough people believed it um, getting into bed, for want of a better phrase, with, with a developer, uh, you must have been 
had reluctance uh, to do that. And, and the reason I say this is if people know their history, there have definitely been moments in MLG's histories where developers have been, uh, how should we say, less than charitable in how they've handled their business relationship with you. One example that comes to mind is obviously what happened when you guys used to run uh, Dota tournaments with Valve. Uh, very famously, they released, uh, the, the I think it was the TI dates, really, and, and your event was really closed, and it was after the fact. So a lot of players, uh, a lot of teams rather, were pulling out of an MLG event, and it, and it made you have to move the event, which was a logistical nightmare, and you guys had to bear a lot of cost off the back of that, lack of foresight and lack of concern. Uh, equally as well, I think one of the most um, uh, egregious abuse, you know, kind of abuses in a business partnership I've ever seen was from Riot Games. You guys used to run League of Legends tournaments in a, in a past life. And uh, just out of the blue, nowhere, they decided, hey, we've got our own franchise league now. And you can still run our games as part of a roadshow, but you will never do tournaments again in the, in the way that you were used to. Um, and that came out of left field and, and pretty much ended MLG's relationship uh, with Riot Games. So uh, we can talk about those specific instances if you like, but also as well, you know, get, be, being sort of owned by a games developer, pro did it give you any kind of like anxiety based on how mad with powers developers have been in the past? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, getting acquired, you know, so we were in conversations with Yahoo and Activision. Those were our two potential acquirers. And if Yahoo had bought us, we wouldn't exist anymore in any way, shape or form, honestly, in the esports space, to be perfectly frank. Mm -hmm. um, but we also wouldn't be linked to and, and be beholden to owned IP, mm -hmm. right? And so that was the concern, of course. Um, but you know what, like, again, I think, I understand what Riot did. I understand, um, uh, you know, their motives, and and I have good relationships with people at that company. I think though that the thing for us was is when you're independent and you're out there and you're literally you're working every day to try and prove that kids will fly into or drive into an event and compete, or more importantly, sit in seats and watch um, for someone else's game when you suddenly feel like they're not, you know, necessarily, um, you know, they're not necessarily on board or, 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 or they're going to, they're going to go their own way. It's a difficult thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, you know, I think, uh, probably Adam and myself and several other people who work for the company, like have a hard time with that because we're, we're, what we're essentially saying is like, look, we want to make this work we like what you have we have no upside in this other than we're just trying to build out community and build out engagement um and then to have somebody say no yeah it's difficult of course it's difficult yeah. but it's also it's also as a business owner i i also understand the other side of it and so um no hard feelings you know it's esports is rough man <laughs> you know, if you if you've been in this game for 10 years or more you know it's hard man like we got we've gotten kicked downstairs we've gotten called terrible things um you know we've gone to war with esl uh, and and others and 
it's just, but it's part of it. But the reality is, is that hopefully we're beyond that. You know, hopefully we're in a place now where what, what actually happens now is true growth and in different forms. So not just franchise leagues, but also open events, also community driven events, right? Hopefully what we get to see is more of that because, uh, I mean, even Valve with some of the stuff they do, I'm just like, what are you fucking thinking? Like, why? Like, what the, f like, you're scheduling shit on top of shit for no reason because there's nobody there who's actually thinking like, wait a minute, let's do what's best for our fans, right? And, and if we can get to a place where everyone is actually saying, hey, let's not step on each other's toes, let's be respectful and let's let it all grow. Um, that's where I think, you know, we need to be. And I, I think we will be. Um, and I hope one, you know, I mean, as I said, tomorrow is my last day of unemployment. I'll only have two days of unemployment, but, my the biggest thing that I'm going to go out there and say is, let's not be assholes. Like let like let's let, understand that this is a, this is you know this is a growing space, but there's a lot of work to do, and let's be respectful and mindful of one another, rather than just trying to chomp each other off at the legs at any given point. And 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 that is something that look, we've been guilty of it. Uh, ESL has been guilty of it. Twitch, YouTube, like everybody, you know. This stuff is still early days. As much as I've, you know, got gray hair and you too, you know, <laughs> this is early days. We are, you know, what we are doing is we're laying the foundation for what's going to happen next. And, and we have to be mindful and respectful and do it in a way where it can work um, and not be overly competitive and, and not be, uh, you know, just negative. Like that's negativity around, oh, I don't like what Overwatch League did with this or that or LCS is screwed up. Uh, I know you've got a lot of <laughs> league history, but but like understanding that like the the goal is for all of it to grow and work, and and we'll find our way. Um, that, at least that's my hope. And I think that being again, once you know, uh, I'm I'm out in the wild again. Like I hope that I can contribute to that. I hope that I can actually like remind people of that. Um, because it's important, like it's important. You shouldn't step on anyone's throat to get ahead. And, and, and too often, that's what it feels like. It feels like people are just overly competitive in our space and there's no reason for it. There's enough to go around. There's enough to go around. Do you, um, do you think- I really do. Do you think you've been guilty of that then uh, in the past? Uh, and, and the reason I ask is, uh, you know, there's a few notable in instances. Uh, I obviously recall, uh, you know, you guys um, having, an event at the same time as a dream hack. Uh, like you said, you've gone to you know war with ESL. I mean, you know, it's a little bit different with ESL because ESL control more of the calendar, but in, in the StarCraft phase, at least, you know, there probably wasn't really a good reason for a dream hack and MLG StarCraft event all on the same date beyond just general oversaturation and, and a willingness to, to do that. Equally with things like, you know, MLG TV being in place. Uh, you guys have had stipulations that Call of Duty teams, uh, you know, can't stream on other platforms while they're playing, uh, you know, a game in your league, um, which of course it does hinder their earning potential a little bit. So, have you mellowed with age, or, or do you think that those <laughs> were the right ways I, to make at the time? I look. I think desperation right like like there were points of desperation for us where um we had uh sponsors 
signed up. We had announced dates internally, but not externally. Um, we made mistakes. Of course we did. Of course we did. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think ESL would be what ESL is today or, or DreamHack would have grown into what it was, uh, you know, or MLG without that competition. We, it was respectful, but it was competitive. It was very competitive. And, and the fact of the matter is that, you know, the, the part of it that I regret the most is the investment in MLG TV, to be perfectly honest, right? Uh, we went down a rabbit hole on that thinking, and, and in the beginning being successful with it, but thinking that we could generate revenue in a different way. Um, where what I think we actually could have done better for ourselves long-term and focusing on was making sure that we were continuing to produce the very best events in the very best way on all platforms. Uh, now this is before YouTube jumped in and you know Ryan went over and became head of gaming there. But we we were we were just we just we saw an opportunity to capture revenue. And as a company that at that point, I mean what were we seven, eight years old? At that point you're just like, okay, we need to capture as much revenue as possible. Right. Um, no, I, I look I learned from it. I wouldn't do it again. Okay, Twitch is Twitch. It's you know, there's a reason why it, it is the gaming website for video, right? Um, YouTube is YouTube. I really, really wish YouTube, Mixer, Twitch, and Facebook were all bidding on our content. Yeah. Uh, ESL has, has has benefited from that, but you know, but but um, we again, we never tried to do it in a way which it, where it wouldn't be equitable, fair, or or um, beneficial for the teams or players. We overpaid, just for the record. I'll say right now, we, we paid people and teams who were on our platform a lot, um, more than they would have made anywhere else. Now, they would not have gotten the number of viewers necessarily, um, but we made sure that they financially were compensated in a manner which was, um, which was you know, solid. Um, but again, but that was bad for us as a business decision but it was us attempting to establish ourselves in a way that we would hopefully, uh, you know, balance the business a bit more and remove some of the liabilities that we had on other sides because, you know, our, our events were expensive and, you know, if a sponsor left, the sponsor left. And so, you know, we were just trying to find ways to, to um, diversify and, and protect the business. Um, so we can move away from uh you know M M mlg and where it's positioned kind of uh you know historically uh and, and what it's been doing while it's been you know part of activision blizzard let's instead talk about kind of the legacy that it has had you know i don't know if mlg is sort of gonna continue uh as, as, as an entity uh, i don't know if it's something that we're gonna have to kind of leave in the past and look back fondly on you know just another thing that was acquired by a big company but certainly it, it, it's left this huge impact upon uh you know the esports space and one of the ways in which it's done this is it's got a lot of people in broadcasting logistics and production and on-air talent to kind of cut their teeth yeah. you, know, you think Guys like Chris Puckett, for, for example, who is destined, I think, to be possibly a sideline reporter in the NFL or the UFC, I, I, I think, <laughs> uh, in, in the future. You know, just all the, all the great names. 
uh, that you've had down the years, uh, you know, that have come out of the uh, the, the broadcasting in, in MLG, you know, like, uh, you know, Courage is a huge guy now, you know, like Mr. X, obviously, you know, Momo and, and Maven, me and Maven kissed and made up. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, these, these, these guys are like household names. Uh, but also as well, you know, guys like Adam Apicella, who's widely regarded as one of the best kind of event men in the business, people like yourself. So let's talk about catching that lightning in the bottle. How is it that MLG has been able to produce so much world-class talent uh, across the board with everything that it's done? Well, I mean, I, I, I hope that the right answer is that uh, myself and Mike Sepso um, and, and others like just recognize and respected uh, people who cared, right? People who who believed in this and who were willing to take the journey. Um, my best friends, like you know, my relationships that I have at this point in my life as as an old unre unemployed man, um, they are one hundred percent from this world, right? Including yourself, I, like. I've met people who are talented, honorable, and, and conscientious, and thoughtful, and careful, and wonderful um, through video games. Mm. Uh, and, and we tried to be the same. We tried to inspire people to be their best selves. And it's, uh, it's, it blows my mind. I'll be honest with you. I literally, I, I look at the people that I've met, uh, who I met when they were 17, 18, 19, who are now 20, 28, 29, 30, uh, and who've come up with us. And a lot of them are still with us. A lot, some have moved on. Um, and I just, I see just like incredible things. I see wonderful people. I see, um, people that I'm proud to call friends, people that I'm proud to have, um, my kids look up to, you know? Um, and so I don't know. I, I think we got very fortunate. I think we, we got, we got some things wrong, but we got people right. And, and that to me is honestly, uh, the best part of it. Mm. Um, well, let, let's expand on that and, and kind of talk about, you know, risk taking risk taking, I think as a culture is something that, you know, I, I, like corporate culture now is basically risk avoidant. That's the God, yeah. gone in, right? I mean, it used to be, you know, speaking to somebody that grew up in the eighties, actually taking risks and go and, and looking for, you know, maverick talent was a desirable way to basically yeah. build businesses that went on to change history. And, and, uh, you know, there's so many examples of this, uh, you know, when you think of, uh, you know, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, you know, these were companies that were, were startups at one point that, you know, hired maverick talent and took risks. And now the same companies are running this corporate mantra of being avoidant. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think one of the things that I've always respected about MLG is that they'll pick up, uh, and work with people who can be seen as controversial, are big bombastic personalities. They're never afraid to address the community. I think, you know, yourself, I, you know, I, 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 I think, you know, there's, there's a way to, to address the community and still be quite, you know, 
condescending, if you like, to them when it's warranted. Uh, LP Kane from ESCA, for me, always went too far. You always did it in just the right <laughs> way where I thought it was kind of... Um, so MLG's always had very forthright, plain-speaking, honest people. Every time you've hired people for a broadcast, you know, I think, for example, guys like Thorin back in his infancy as a broadcast talent. A lot of risks there, especially given that one of his first ever events had that, you know, crazy Polish controversy attached yeah. to it. Yeah. And you guys have all... And he worked. never, and he's never liked me, for the record. So <laughs> we have oh. never gotten along. But, sure, sure. There's a lot but, of people like that in the business. Oh, no, no, absolutely. But, I, but not to cut you off, but I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. And I think what it comes down to is that, look, um, if you're going to try and produce the best content, if you're going to try and put on the best show, right? You may not like everything about some of the people you work with, right? And we even got shit for hiring you. I don't know if you remember this. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, but at the end of the day, we will look at ourselves and we'll ask ourselves, like, like are, these, you know, are these people that we're okay with, right? And, and we've gotten some, some of that wrong over time, but, but, um, but mostly we haven't because it comes down to – you know, Chris Puckett or Scoots or Adam saying, you know what, that guy, I don't want him. I don't want him on set next event. Right. Or that guy, no, he's okay. We just need to, we need to coach him. We need to work with him. We need him to understand that he has a voice and, and you know, and what that means. And look, I've gotten into it with my fair share of folks who, who, who uh, on the talent side, but at the end of it, like, I, I still feel like we're in it together, you know? And so if any of them were to reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, can you do this for me? Or, or you know, would you mind reaching out to this person for me? The answer would be yes. In a, in a heartbeat. Um, and, and, and I, I feel like there is a, you know, there, there's a, a community of folks on the other side of the camera. There's a community of folks on the event side as well. Um, and it's not just guys, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's, it's people who just are dedicated and, and focused on contributing to this. And so, yeah, you know, we'll put somebody out there who maybe some people think is a jackass, but you know what? Some people think I'm a jackass and they might be right. Okay, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, what are you going to do? At the end of the day, I'm, I'm a jackass who loves the same shit you do, so get past it. Or or don't I like again? I, it's not a popularity contest. It's not. It's it's. I'd rather have real people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about than someone who's polished, you know, piece that you just put in a seat. And, and um, that's carried on. Even as I've become less involved with our our actual broadcast, like that's still the case, and we're still. You know, we're still bringing talent front and forward. We're still focused on it. And uh, to your point, you look at a lot of the folks that we brought up, they're doing pretty good. They're, yeah. they're, do they're doing a good job. Are you worried about uh, this kind of, uh, you know, social media outrage mobs? I mean, I, I think about some of the shit that I saw in sports, even in like 2010, where like people yeah. were saying crazy shit on on uh twitter and it didn't really blow up all that much people would just be like 
yeah, you probably shouldn't say that. And then someone would go, I'll say what the fuck I want, actually. And that would be the end of it, really. You know, it's kind of like that. These days, it feels that anything you say uh, can be used to effectively, you know, take your career. And if people want to interpret it very uncharitably, it can set you back permanently. Uh, you know, you can, you can lose everything. You can lose sponsorships. You can lose contracts. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think, look, I... I... Absolutely. I mean, I think I mean, I'm seeing some of the stuff that you do with and, and, and uh, I stopped opening events when my, I had death threats against my family on social media. Mm. Right. That's when I stopped being on stage and saying, OK, hey, everybody, welcome to MLG was when people threatened my children. Um, uh, not that I like, well, at the time I did, but like, not that I'm looking back at it, we actually think that these people intended that, but they they wanted to scare and intimidate me and so the crazy thing is with with look i mean a lot of crazy shit happens in the world right a lot of a lot of it does words are words and um i'm a pretty strong believer in the fact that if you allow someone else's words to dictate how you live your life that you you are not in a great place Mm. so but if you don't use your words, if you don't communicate yourself and communicate your thoughts and, and allow yourself to interact with people honestly, then that's not a good life. So um, I, I, I don't, it, it's, it's a difficult thing, to be honest. I, I try to always be kind. I try to always be thoughtful. Sometimes I'm snarky and condescending. That's just my personality. And if people get you know, bent out of shape about it. Okay. Uh, I remember once when we were running StarCraft events and people were pissed off about something that we had done. I said, I could throw $20 bills into the crowd and nobody would be happy. And I got lit up. Yeah. yeah you did. Okay. And I, and I took it because you know what? I was pissed off when I posted it because I had literally spent, I think $150,000 of my company's money on trying to like host a really great StarCraft event and fly in players from Korea. And people were like saying, okay, great. You got these eight players, but what about these four? And I was like, what? So I, yeah, I was like, that was my go fuck yourself moment. But, and, and we all have them. But the fact is, is now, yeah, with, 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 with social media and everything else, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, and you see it all the time. Companies get the tone wrong, but I'd rather be honest. And then, step it back a little bit then then acquiesce and fall to you know the fear of actually of being open and honest about things and and i I hate the phrase political correctness just because whatever your politics are they're your politics it doesn't need to be correct that's it so you know i'm not bringing politics into this conversation but i'm just saying it carries over into so many things where we're we are on eggshells especially with social media and look, as as a free agent, you know, uh, starting tomorrow morning, yeah, I, I need to think about what the guy at you know Coca Cola is going to think about my tweets. Yeah, which is bizarre, but it, I do. Uh, if I could go back in time, I think that's the probably the one thing I because I like being open and honest and expressing myself and expressing my thoughts. I think if I could go back in time and unring the political bell and you know never express any thoughts on american politics <laughs> i think i absolutely would do that like without even questioning it 
because yeah, uh, but you know, but Matt, but you don't need to, Richard. You're still you. Like the fact of it is, yes, it's created more. You you got more like you know. <laughs> you you got more stuff to deal with because of it. But honestly, like anybody who doesn't know you, and and and, and everyone who that I know who knows you knows two things to be very true. You're a man of your word, and 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 you say what you think. Okay, and and those are great things. You're you're good people, right? And so, all right. So you rang a bell, and and some people got pissed off, and they put you into a category that's not necessarily fair or reasonable. But guess what? It's what small-minded people do. It's what small-minded people do, right? They 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 tell themselves that oh, I don't like what this guy said, so he's back, yeah. <laughs> right? Or I don't like how he expressed himself. Anyway, it's it's yeah and it's it's infuriating and you know what i have three sons and i'm teaching all of them that that is not the way to approach things like you have to be understanding your opinion is not always going to be the opinion of everyone however you can respectfully communicate and receive your opinion and theirs and that's fine it's hard it's hard sometimes because you know what we all Look, we, we we live in crazy times, man. We we do, but there's no reason for it to get to a point where you, someone gets labeled or or identified because they say something that you don't agree with. Mm. I actually, look, I know you do as well. I love having a conversation with someone where they present a point of view intelligently. Exactly. Yeah. That, right. Like I like. Okay. Oh, I didn't think of that. I, that's I like. Okay. Yeah. Discourse. It's fucking a lost art, and we need more of it. I'm sorry, not to go off on it. No, no, no. It's good. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll save. I'll save you because you said there, uh, free agent, uh, which uh, frankly I, I don't believe somebody like yourself would be in free agency for too long. I imagine that you do have a project lined up, something that you're going to be working on uh, in the post MLG phase of your life. Uh, so I'm very curious to know what it is because even though we talk. Uh, privately, uh, you've not, you've not uh, let the cat out of the bag. So I'm wondering if you're able to do it now. Um, you maybe a little bit. Well, okay. So I have two companies that I'm going to be launching that are not in the video game space. Okay. Um, I don't want to get into the specifics. One's about 45 days away. One's about 65 or 60. Uh, but there are spaces that I'm I've been always been interested in. One is pet related, one is supplement related. Um, I will also be part of a consultancy group in the esports space, and I may invest in a team. Um, I don't know. I'm. I'm. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. My wife, uh, other than telling me to get the hell out of the house, and she's tired of seeing me every day, is a. Uh, it's reminding me like, you know, two, three, four things, maybe don't do seven. Um, but I will, I will let you know the second I'm ready to go public with it. Okay. Uh, and it's, uh, it's exciting. I mean, I'm going to, I think that I'm going to be back running events in the esports space in the next four or five months to be perfectly honest with you, because it's something I love and something I think someone like me, who's now at this point, like, an older, much more stubborn guy, um, you know, needs to be a part of to make sure that it happens in the right way. And, uh, n you know, n not MLG 2.0 at all, but working with folks who care about how fans interact with their games and how the community is served 
is something that I want to, I want to be a part of. And, um, you know, I think maybe in the next 10, 15 days, I can tell you more about that. <laughs> okay. Um, is there anything out there in, in terms of things that you've seen event wise that you've thought, uh, you know, wow, like I would, I would like to be able to raise that particular bar or, you know, those guys have done something that's never been done before. I, I was at the call of duty world championships. I think it was my first call of duty world championships that I attended. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Adam took me around the event and showed me like, this is the old school, you know, people turn up and kind of play uh, here. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. But here's and then the theater, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. It was it was a really nice looking event, had a great feel to it. It was over in the Hard Rock, obviously, in, in right here where I live now in, in Vegas. Um, but it, has there been anything perhaps that people might not have noticed that you've thought, you know, holy shit, that's like, that was unthinkable 10 years ago. Look, Look what the fuck we're doing. Oh, well, I mean, it's all like you look at all of it. I mean, there's some great operators out there. Um, you know, I think every year, you know, ESL puts on an incredible show, Kenavite, uh, you know, NGE does really great shows for folks. Adam, Adam, you know, for pennies on the dollar, produces amazing, amazing shows. I think the one thing that I, I would say that I want to try and get people to understand is you can dial some of it down. Like you don't necessarily need that DJ or that artist or like, it's okay to just have an esports event, right? It's okay to like, when I go, uh, go see the Yankees and next time you're in New York, I'll take you to a game. But when I go to see the Yankees, I sit there and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's a Yankee game. Like, I'm not expecting pyrotechnics. I'm not expi- expecting a DJ. I'm like, I, I'm here for this. And that the culture of that is, it's bigger and 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 unfortunately some of the stuff that i see is people who come in and, and i wouldn't say unfortunate actually i take that back but i see people coming in they're like well this is what we did at the nba or this is what we did you know at the nfl or this is what we did at cbs mm-hmm. and okay great i get it but there's a reason why the nfl the nba and cbs are losing young viewers right it's because that's not what they want um and so what i would say is is it's kind of like it's not like i've seen anything that's blown my mind what i've seen is spending has gone up and, and gotten crazy and as <laughs> a guy who may eventually be an independent event operator again it's <laughs> not a good thing <laughs> you know like well, let's do a good show but let's not let's not spend money on stuff that we don't need to or or, or go above and beyond because our fans are only going to make fun of us in the chat Literally, they're going to sit there in the chat and be like, F for respect right now, please. This is terrible. Um, we don't need to. Just focus on getting it right on core content, yeah. on the stuff that people are there for to begin with. So uh, I've got two quick questions. I'm looking at, we're coming up on an hour. Okay. So I got two quick questions that I can't <coughs> in anywhere else. So let's do uh, this one. I probably should have brought this in when we were talking about franchising. Uh, obviously the news is leaked. I broke this story in July, 2017. I think it was or something insane. Uh, <laughs> I, no, it must, it must have been last year. It must have been 2018. Uh, e- either way, you hear it from me. So you hear it from anybody. Uh, and this was about the Call of Duty franchising, which was conceived of around about the same time as as Overwatch uh, because some of the Overwatch owners uh, even said, well, you know, if we occupy a territory, do we get both the Overwatch and the Call of Duty team 
yeah. for that space. Yep. And Blizzard were like, probably not. And then some people were like, well, that kind of sucks. And, you know, so there was a lot of <laughs> behind the scenes. Um, we've seen the valuations come out, you know, $20, $25 million. Uh, where do you think Call of Duty Esports is positioned right now? Do you think the franchise model with localization a la Overwatch is a good idea for the game? Um, so I think that there, there's some work that needs to be done internally um, around the game uh, and, 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 and the annual release cycle. Uh, I do think that, again, you're talking about people who are, who have deep pockets, who are investing in owning a, a, a region, right? And so imagine if you own Call of Duty in New York City, mm. along with Overwatch, right? Wilpon family right? and, and some other. Um, I, I think that's probably worth a substantial amount of money over time. Um, not day one, look, it's like anything day one you're taking a little bit of a flyer on it uh and and i can't really say too much about it but i think franchise call of duty can and will work i don't know if we'll get a lot of endemics like existing teams like the nvs or optics or you know i don't i don't know yet um um i've spoken to some of those folks but i also don't like my advice to them would be to say, like, look, if you can afford it, it might be worth it, right? Like to, to get a major marketplace on a game that sells tens of millions of copies every 12 months. Um, the league itself, I think, will continue to have some struggles when it comes to viewership, just because it's more of a participatory game in a lot of ways, like, like Overwatch, Dota, League, uh, people who play sometimes watch, but a lot of people who don't play watch. Call of Duty's not. It's it's like you have to play to watch. Like you like it's it's only people who play the game. So that that's a little bit of um, a difficulty there. Mm -hmm. um, but with the right foundation and with the right storytelling and with the right talent behind it and the right teams and the right marketing, uh, yeah, those, those those franchise spots could be worth a lot of money. Um, a lot of money, in my opinion. I'm not saying that I'm investing in one or buying one, but I, I would advise folks who are in key, you know, marketplaces to look at it. I absolutely would. Um, and then the other question I had, which I couldn't sort of fit into the uh, conversation naturally, uh, was just biggest regret uh, in your MLG phase of, of your life. There was one thing you could kind of go and either correct or um, you know, remove from the annals of history, uh, what would it be? So, um, that, so that's kind of a tough question for me because I'm a big no regrets guy. I mean, I say that. I mean, although, you know, it's easier to say. But um, I wish that in the early days we had found a way to be more cooperative with DreamHack and ESL um, and to collaboratively build this, the space rather than comp competitively do it. You know what I mean? And, and um, Robert and Ralph, I mean, people I have so much respect for and just like look up to, you know, in, in so many ways. I just wish that the three of us could got, had been able to get into a room and not be fighting 
with one another over a small piece of pie rather than building something bigger. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like we all went through this with, with the right intentions, but had we been able to do that, I think we might be a little further ahead today than we are. Mm-hmm. If that well, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I look, I think we can all, you know, fuck man. I think about, uh, some of the battles I fought back in the day and, and, even even though they felt right at the time and, and the, the principle was correct, there's small potatoes to the shit that goes on today, you know? When you're in the stream, you're like, oh my God, this is, the, this is it. Yeah, this is the dude. biggest thing. Well, it was like, for example, me and Alex Garfield were talking uh, the other day and obviously, you know, quite famously, I think he was one of the first high-profile people <laughs> blacklist me i think i'm still blocked by the evil geniuses twitter uh but you know we, me and him were like we we he hit me up because he was announcing his new business and i wrote the story about it and uh we we actually had a long conversation i thought fuck dude this was like long overdue like it was like yeah no exactly what the fuck we were angry about with each other really kind of all seems so strange. i remember i I literally remember being in Orlando, I think it was, and Alex telling me, what, like saying to my face, why are you screaming at me? Why are you yelling? And I was like, you're just driving me fucking crazy. Would you stop? And you know what? The fact of the matter is that Alex, although he and I were on, uh, we were in, pointed in the same direction, but on different sides of one particular line. I, I then like grew to respect and understand what it was that he was fighting for. Mm. And, and I think, look, at the end of the day, man, like that sound corny or cliche as fuck. I don't care. Like, but we, we actually, we're in this, like, we're, we're like, we're here, we're doing this. If you show up, right. Like, okay. So let's just, you know, I mean, there's some bad actors, no doubt, but yeah. the fact of the matter is that, um, there's a lot of really good people who are passionate about this stuff. And um, you, you, like, for example, you are somebody who is always respected when I've said to you, Hey, you know, off the record, on the record, whatever, you're somebody who's always been mindful and, and respectful. And for that, I thank you. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to call you a friend. Um, we're way overdue to catch up, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, one of the things that I'm happiest about is I can look back and I can say there's this long list of really solid people that I've met who are passionate about this thing um, and who have put a lot into it. And we didn't always see eye to eye. We maybe weren't always on the same side of the argument, but um, we respected one another. And, and I think that's a really important thing. I think that's a really great thing about this space um, that I hope continues. And I, and I, I see it continue. I see it. I see it in the actions of some of the folks who come in, uh, not necessarily all of them, but, but, but enough where I, I feel like it's, uh, it's in a good place. So uh, we're, we're, we're at uh, time. So uh, that was okay. a great sort of Jerry Springer uh, final-esque. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, I wanted to know if you had any more because I'm, I'm always – curious if there's anything that you need to you know because because you're a self-made guy i don't even know what i would say like you know people know where to find you you know people know what you're doing you've always got irons in the fire but but is, is there anything you'd like to sort of end a, 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 a sort of uh, anything you need to plug or anything you'd like to say no no i just want to say thank you uh you know there were 
two people I wanted to talk to. Um, you were one of them, so I was happy to do it. Um, but I hope that uh, I hope that people have had fun and will continue to, and I hope that people will continue to be passionate about it and keep us honest on social media and other places. Um, but also understand that we're human. You know, we're 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 gonna we're gonna do and say and you know like we're going to be out there sometimes making mistakes, but our hearts are in the right place. So I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time, Richard. Hey, always buddy. And like I said, next time you're in Vegas uh, <laughs> or if you're passing through even, uh, I'm definitely going to meet you. I think, I think last time you were in, it was the day after the, uh, yeah. uh, call of duty world finals. And I was, uh, again, I was, I was busy. I had a, appointment like you know what it's like old guys you make hey, hey, 100 look man you you and i are always good always good but i'll definitely get you next time um so look there we there we have it uh ladies and gentlemen that is of course the great sundance di giovanni not only the coolest name in esports but uh <laughs> has uh, has made a contribution down the years and i hope that's been a little bit enlightening for all the people who've been asking questions about what has been going on with mlg and indeed what their future might look like uh but that means that uh this is it for another week next week we'll be back with another amazing guest of course i have no idea which order it's going to be in so i uh but uh, i do want to say obviously thanks to sundance for coming on always a pleasure brother and thanks to all of you out there for watching make sure you uh like subscribe whatever it is they do all the cool kids these, press these the button do the thing press that button then press that bell or whatever <laughs> i don't even know five fucking buttons you know what you're doing uh, if you want to get more content like this and support deserto uh and until next week uh make sure you all take care of yourselves <laughs>